you could ever need starting welcome back into the water break i am mclean on 88.9 the bridge got will and sai in the booth with me and we're gonna get things kicked off with four in four bringing you news from four sports in four minutes i'll start off with football it was a relatively quiet week on the football front uh, the draft happened. The Seattle Seahawks signed Dwayne Eskridge to his rookie deal. His contract is now official. The same goes for Stone Forsyth, which means that two of the three drafted rookies in Seattle are now signed. The only holdout is Trey Brown, who was picked in the fourth round, although most expect that he'll sign soon. Now over to Cy for basketball. Yeah, so in basketball right now, um, the playoffs are just about to start. Um, the playing tournament already started, and so the Lakers beat the Warriors one hundred to one hundred three. That was a pretty close game. LeBron came in clutch though, and I think he got poked in the eye, which was like the big headline of that game. And the Grizzlies beat the Spurs, so now the Warriors are going to be playing the Grizzlies to see who gets the last seed in the playoffs. And looking at round one. Uh, a lot of the game, a lot of the series are really interesting looking. Like the Heat are playing the Bucks, which was I think that was like the conference finals like last year. Yeah. So um, yeah, so that that's gonna be really interesting. It's the first round too, and uh, another one to look out for is Blazers Nuggets. That's pretty awesome. And then Lakers Suns. Those all those series are gonna be pretty heated. And yeah, so I guess on to Will for hockey. Yeah, it's. It's an awesome time in hockey right now. Uh, usually what would be the off season is the COVID season playoffs. So we're underway in the first round here. It's been really exciting so far. We've had overtime finishes, close games, a lot of fights, uh, especially between a couple teams. And just overall, I think it's been really good. It's been really good to see hockey get back to normal. And hopefully by next year, we're going to have a full season and everything will be completely back to normal. Um, for some games to watch, I would definitely take a look at the Bruins Capitals series. That one's been super heated uh, over some of the Tom Wilson conflict. Uh, a lot of hitting 
hitting, a lot of fighting in that one. If you're also interested in hitting and fighting, I would check out Islanders Penguins. Uh, Islanders are a really grindy team, and the Penguins are a really good team with a lot of superstar power. Uh, there were quite a few fights in that last game. And then overall, I think the best series is to watch just in terms of skill are probably going to be Canadians Leafs, who just saw the captain of the Leafs, John Tavares, knocked out uh, cold on the ice last game wasn't really a dirty play it just caught in the wrong place at the wrong time hopefully he's doing better and then the wild golden knight series that's really interesting because the wild actually has a lot of young star power uh, but as the playoffs continue to, to develop here we're going to talk about more of that and we'll give some predictions for it later on in the show anyways i'm going to go on to mclean for baseball Yes, so your hometown Seattle Mariners got no hit again this week. I said this last week on the show, they got no hit by John Means, the Baltimore Orioles starting pitcher. This week, uh, Spencer Turnbull got the better of him, the Detroit Tigers de facto ace, I guess. I mean, that Detroit rotation has been slowly building into a powerhouse as of late. This could be the best rotation that Detroit's had since it had Verlander and Scherzer. Uh, in the mix. Uh, The Mariners' offense is continuing to go nowhere, and I expect it'll be more like that. This team is in danger of getting no hit any given Sunday, any given evening, really. Uh, They've already been no hit twice at home this season. No team has ever been no hit three times in a season. But this season so far, three teams have already been no hit twice. It's, uh... Not a lot of offense happening this year. League-wide batting average rates, slugging percentage, it's all record lows. It'll, it's only a matter of time before the league does something to combat that, whether that's moving the mound back or lowering it. I'd, I'd like to see something happen to you know make the game more offensive. Anyway, that's it for that. Uh, are we going to do NHL playoff predictions? We can yeah. talk about the playoffs a bit. Uh I know you guys uh, don't know a whole lot about hockey, but do you want to just give who you think and maybe a little reason why uh, to win the playoffs this year? Yeah, I'll start. Uh, So I'm a Blues fan. I'm from St. Louis, uh, so I do like the Blues. Unfortunately, the Blues are not doing too well. They've been getting manhandled by the Colorado Avalanche as of lately. The Avs have a lot of star power. I'm not sure if I'll take them as my pick to come out of the West, but they've got a lot of star power, and Nathan McKinnon is a star. Um, They've got, you know, a solid team built around him. This is a team that's on the rise. I I don't want to label them already as a potential dynasty, but this is a great team, and I don't really think they're going anywhere. I'll take out of the West. I say the Avs are strong, but they're not getting past Vegas. Vegas is still who I think will come out of the West. Uh... And I guess that concludes my West picks. Will, who do you think is coming out of the West? Uh, I mean, I am a bit impartial to the Avalanche just because like, I kind of have the whole Nathan McKinnon thing. He's one of my favorite players. I actually slept in his old dorm room, weirdly enough. It's a whole story. But I, I, as much as I like to see that, say the Avs, the Knights have a really good chance. But one sleeper pick, I'd like to say, is probably the Minnesota Wild. I know they just dropped game three to the Golden Knights, and now that puts them down two to one. They have a tough road ahead of them, but that team has shown a lot of grit, a lot of young players too. Uh, and I think they have a chance more than a lot of some of the other sleeper teams to go farther in this playoff. The only problem is they have a really hard matchup. 
another team that people probably thought would go far were the Panthers, and they just have done horribly. It's supposed to be the Battle of Florida with them against Tampa, and Tampa has absolutely dominated that series so far. But oh, after all that, I think I'm going to have to go with the Avalanche. They're just such a good team. Uh, McKinnon's unstoppable in the playoffs especially, and they just don't look like they're slowing down. I think this Nazem can the possible Nazem Kadri suspension isn't really going to hinder their progress at all. And I think they should breeze past the first couple of rounds. And I think a, a game uh, for the conference championship against Vegas is probably inevitable. Yeah. All right. I think uh, out of the East, I think I'm going to, I'm liking the Bruins, but that's, you know, again, they're pretty much the consensus favorite. Since they added Taylor Hall, they've been unstoppable. Uh, Taylor Hall's already got, I think he's double digits in points now uh, since joining the Bruins. I'm certain he passed that a while ago. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got 20 now. Um, but the Bruins are historically juggernauts in the playoffs, and I don't think that's going to change. However, I do think their biggest challenger is going to be Carolina. And... I know that Carolina is uh, kind of polarizing as a team. They kind of came out of nowhere, but they were able to make a serious push in what was, I think, the best central division in a long time. Uh, yes, they've got not a lot of experience in the playoffs, but I'm liking this team. They passed the eye test with flying colors, Carolina does, and I think that they'll push Boston. I think if Boston doesn't come out of the East, I think think Carolina it'll be because they're knocked off by Carolina yeah I think you're right there I mean Carolina did finish number one overall in their division um, but another team I'd like to point out is the Tampa Bay Lightning despite only finishing third in the central division and not being one of the higher teams in the playoffs uh, they actually had their star player Nikita Kucherov miss out the entire season for a quote-unquote injury uh, which is more of a cap solution to them. If he doesn't play any games in the regular season, uh, the payout looks a lot different. So basically what they did, because their team is so stacked to avoid cap issues, uh, he already had a previous injury, um, but I think they might have like over-exaggerated a bit. So he didn't play a game at all in the playoff or the regular season. They knew they were still good enough to make it into the playoffs. So they just played with the already stacked team they had made it to the playoffs, and now they have Kucherov back. I think they're dangerous, and I think what they're doing is a bit unfair. Uh, the NHL is probably going to address this. I know teams have done it in the past, but it's starting to look more and more loaded just because of how dominant they are over a team that performed better than them in the regular season. Sai, you have any picks? Any picks? I mean, just looking through the one seeds for each of these divisions, I mean, they look pretty solid. I, I like the Pittsburgh Penguins just because Pittsburgh's a cool city, so y'all just pick them. (laughs) The Penguins have some good players, and I think they have a decent chance to go far. I think this is probably one of the last times we're going to see Sidney Crosby uh, making a big cup run along with some of the other players on that team. So, yeah, it's win now or don't win at all for them, and I think they're going to probably suck for the next 10 or so years after Crosby retires. But, hey, they've already got some cups in the process, and I think they're looking for another this year. Yeah, not to mention, this is probably the best supporting cast Sidney Crosby has had in a long time. That is true. Evgeny Malkin and Jake Gensel are both elite scorers, uh, plus Latang and some of the other defenders on there. Not to mention, Jari's a pretty okay goalie. I wouldn't say he's top 10, but he's a good goalie. I think he, people don't give him enough credit. 
Uh, and I think this team does have the potential to make it. There's a lot of teams that are good uh, in this East Central uh, like conference here from both of those guys. And I think we're going to see a really, really interesting playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Trade deadline acquisitions have so far you know, been the story. I highlighted what Boston did, getting aggressive at the deadline. Pittsburgh was also aggressive. They went and got Jeff Carter, uh, and he's been great. Uh, he started off quick. He had uh, eight goals in his first couple of weeks in Pittsburgh. It'll be interesting to see how he performs in the playoffs. Yeah, Jeff Carter, uh, an ex-LA Kings player, didn't get a whole lot of playoff action just being on the Kings. Uh, they did win one somewhat recently, uh, but in the past, they've been absolutely horrible. So I don't really blame him for wanting to get out of there. And I think, yeah, he does make a good impact. He's a really good player, and this is going to be exciting. So we'll continue the coverage. But I think that's going to wrap it up for this section. We're going to be back with some trivia with Mariner's Mailbag and a little bit more sports talk. See you guys later on 88.9 The Bridge. Okay, so before we went on the air, this is the water break, by the way. I'm McLean. Got Will and Cy in the booth with me. Uh, the best sports talk show on 88.9 The Bridge, et cetera, et cetera. Before we went on the air... Um, Will made a Joe Namath-esque declaration. We're going to be starting this uh, this show with our trivia segment. I'm going to explain the rules real quick, and then I'm going to say what Will said. To win at trivia, you got to buzz in with your name, answer the question correctly, and get three points. You can get a point either by stealing a question if the other person gets it wrong, or by answering a question yourself by buzzing in. Will said, I said, uh, you guys better do good at trivia. I don't have very many questions. And Will said, all I need is three. So we're going to see just how well this ages. <laughs> you guys ready? I know now that you're talking about it, it's going to go horribly and I'm just going to lose. I won't get any right, uh, but we'll see. Okay, so <laughs> we're going to open up by asking an NFL question. This is a pretty cool trivia fact. Uh, despite winning two Super Bowls with number one picked quarterbacks, both of them, the Denver Broncos signed as free agents. Denver has drafted a lot of quarterbacks in league history, I, like when compared to other teams. John Elway, in particular, one of their Super Bowl winners, has gone after quarterbacks a lot. But the Broncos have only drafted one quarterback that's ever gone on to make a Pro Bowl. Who's that quarterback? Uh, it, it's not... Mm. It's tough. Yeah, that is tough. Let me think. It was pretty recently. Wait, so they've only ever drafted one quarterback to make the Pro Bowl? Yep. All of their uh, other Cy. Pro Bowl quarterbacks? Cy. The Denver Broncos? Yes. Um. Uh. Oh, wait, never mind. I'm blanking. Wait, wait. You said John Elway was not drafted. John right? Elway was a trade acquisition. The Colts actually yeah. drafted him, and he didn't want to play for the Colts. Okay. It's funny. They get all their good quarterbacks from the Colts. True. Uh, I'm going to go with Brock Osweiler because I know it's wrong and I have nothing else. Brock Osweiler did not make the Pro Bowl. <laughs> nor was he drafted by the Broncos, as a matter of fact. Brock Osweiler was a drafted and developed Cleveland Brown, uh, shipped off to Houston, then a pit stop in Denver, uh, and then moved over to Miami for the end of his career. Brocktober, baby. Backed up Ryan Tannehill in his final season. Pretty sweet gig. All right, Sai, who do you got? <sighs> who do I got? Um... You know what? I, I honestly don't know, so I'm just going to give you a wrong answer. I'll say Drew Locke. <laughs> Drew Locke. Drew Locke has also never made the Pro Bowl. Yeah. We were looking, actually, for Jay Cutler, smoking Jay Cutler. Jay who Cutler. Made, 
who never made a Pro Bowl with the Broncos, but did make one with the Bears, despite being drafted by the Broncos. Oh, Interesting. Oh, trick question. I would question. never have thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. A lot of people don't remember his Broncos career. He was dealt pretty early. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's that's the end of that. Uh, all right, next question. We're going to go with a baseball question, I think. Oh, no. You guys prepared for a baseball question? Not really. Absolutely I've already not. let down my promise and got an answer wrong, so I'm not feeling too good. All right. This season, Major League Baseball has... Uh, I, I talked about this already during the recap. Baseball has seen six no-hitters thrown. What is the record for most no-hitters thrown in a season? Uh, by one pitcher or by one team? By the whole league. Oh, by the whole league. Yes. Uh, hmm. I'm going to go with eight. Eight. Is, that's correct. Nice job. Really? Yes. Was that what? a guess or did you know that? That was a guess. That was 100% nice. a guess. Because I heard, I remember you were talking about in the last segment, uh, there were three teams that had it twice this year or something yes, like that. Yes, three teams this year have been no hit twice. Cleveland, Seattle, uh... And one other team has been no hit twice. And since you said that was kind of an anomaly, I figured it would just be a little bit above that, given some other teams that do it. And apparently I was right. All right. Well, nice job. Nice job. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, All right. So the last no hitter uh, was thrown. This is another no hitter related question. Maybe your hot streak will continue. The last no hitter to be thrown, uh, if you're listening to this live at least, we don't know if more no hitters will happen by the time this gets to Spotify. <laughs> the last no hitter was thrown by Corey Kluber of the New York Yankees. He no hit the Rangers, who were the other team to be no hit twice. The last New York Yankees starting pitcher to throw a no hitter was. Oh boy. Mm. Hmm, I have no idea. I'll give you I'll give you a hint because this is difficult. Uh it happened in the mid nineties. Oh yeah, I have no chance at this. No idea? The mid, at the mid nineties? Mid nineties, yes. This uh, pitcher actually uh pitched if you've ever seen highlights, I imagine, of the Seattle Mariners division series against the New York Yankees in nineteen ninety five, this pitcher appeared in that series a number of times, faced off against Randy Johnson a couple times. Yeah. He's the no ace idea. of these mid nineties Yankees. Give up? I give up. Sigh. Yeah, I give up. <laughs> David Cohn. We're looking for David Cohn, who oh, actually threw. I, yeah, I don't even know who that is. Yeah, he threw his first yeah. no hitter. He was actually really old. Threw his first no no at age thirty five uh, in the ninety three season. He was wow. he was an old guy, really old pitcher. Uh, I, I could I could talk about that old. I don't want to call the Mariners and Yanks a rivalry, but those were the two dominant teams of those American leagues. Like back in the day, it was them and the Tribe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I guess now that we're done with baseball history, uh, go back to a football question. Mm-hmm. All right. So the New England Patriots, right? The New England Patriots drafted Mac Jones out of Alabama. Alabama has had how many first round quarterbacks selected in the 21st century? Uh, I feel like I could name some of them off, but no. I'm going to go with seven. Seven first-round quarterbacks. That's 
nope. That's <laughs> not. All right. That's not how many it is. Sai, care to uh, steal? First round quarterback. Yes, Alabama quarterbacks taken in the first round. Hmm. I'm gonna guess seven. That was already my bad, my bad, my bad. That was the six, only six. number that you couldn't guess. Six. Six. Yeah, All right. Six. Well, it's not six. The answer is actually two. Two. Really? For as long as Alabama has been a powerhouse, the only two quarterbacks to be taken in the first round by them in the 21st century are still on their rookie contracts. Mac Jones is one. The other is Tua. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking Tua, Mac Jones, and then I couldn't remember any other. So I figured if they had two in that short of a period, they must have more from earlier. But apparently not. Nope. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I love asking about quarterbacks. There's so much you can do with quarterbacks. So many funky stats I can pull out that no one's ever heard of. Uh, But this question uh, pertains to wide receivers. The Detroit Lions drafted Calvin Johnson Megatron at number two overall. The highest non-Calvin Johnson pick that's still on the Detroit Lions is... Uh... Well, wait, does Penny Sewell count? Penny Sewell does count. He was picked by the Lions. I feel like that would be wrong, though, because that I think that's Sigh. too obvious Sigh. for a question you'd ask. Penny Sewell. It is not Penny Sewell. <laughs> yeah. Penny Sewell was taken seven. They've drafted higher than seven twice. Only one of those players is still on the Lions, though. Uh, I'm going to go... I feel like this is wrong, but Kenny Galladay. It is not Kenny Galladay. Okay. Kenny Galladay was a second-round pick. Yeah, I don't know then. The player that we're looking for was drafted at number three. Oh, wait, you both guessed. I'm. O-line. <laughs> I forgot Creed's not here. It's uh, not an offensive lineman, but Jeff Okuda out of uh, the Ohio State oh, University. Should... Oh. It was a pretty recent draft pick, too. Yeah. Darn. Number three. Uh, he went number three in that draft just after Nick Bosa and after oh, wow. Kyler Murray. That's some good picks. Yeah, so some some solid names ahead of him, but that draft class was, you know, not amazing. Uh, Speaking of Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray has won 12 games in his first two seasons. How many did Russell Wilson win in his first two seasons? Uh, Not including the playoffs. Okay, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I'm almost out of questions, so we're going to say closest without going over here. I'm going to go with fifth. No, I'm going to go with... 17. All right, Sai. Hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say, you know what? I'll go I'll go 18. 18. Well, Sai gets a point for that, bringing our score to 1 point to 1 point. Oh, uh, let's go. It was 24 actually in Wilson's oh, wow. rookie season. The Hawks went 11 and 5. We're able to snag a wild card spot and go on to get a uh, playoff victory that didn't count against Washington. Uh, and in the second year, the Seattle went 13 and 3, dropping only a game to the Colts, a game to the Niners, and a game to the Cards. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't I didn't think it was that good, man. Yeah, yeah. Those those early Pete Carroll Seahawks were good. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh some more questions. We'll go back to a baseball question because we've had so much success there. Oh, <laughs> man. So 
<laughs> Last year, the MVP of the American League was... Oh, I definitely should know this. Uh... You know, I feel bad, so I'm giving you a hint. He plays for the Chicago White Sox. Uh... Oh man, that's not much of a hint, because I don't know like much about the White I re- Sox. Oh, wait, wait, I remember, I remember someone was talking about this a while ago. Um... On oh, the White Sox. Oh, what's his name? Man, remember when we invented buzzing in because on the show people were answering the questions too quickly? I think right. I made the game too hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? Um. Okay, wait, wait. I, I've narrowed it down to two people. Um, All right. Feeling okay. lucky? Wait, no, no. I, it was this. It was this other guy. Um, he has he has the same name as that librarian at our school. Um, <laughs> I got no clue. I don't even know who our librarian is, so that can't help me at all. <laughs> Dude. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll just I'll just give you the last name. Is it Ab Abro? Um. Well, it's Abreu. Oh, Jose Abreu. 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 Yeah. Oh, okay. Is I, that uh... right? Yeah, that was right. That was right. Uh, Let's go. You must read a lot about baseball and not watch a lot of baseball. Uh, but no, yeah, I, Jose I Abreu. Heard, I, heard some, I heard some friends talking about it. That's all fine. right. All right. But yeah, Jose Abreu uh, won the American League MVP last season. So Cy now pulls ahead with a score of two to one. Oh, and Will's uh, three question prediction is looking pretty <laughs> dull. I'm now Very on my bleak. last question. Yeah. All right. Uh, this question. So Cleveland, the Cleveland baseball team are set to change their name. They're doing away with the Cleveland Indians in 2022. 2021 will be the last year for the Indians moniker. Uh, what was the last name, not the Indians, that a Cleveland baseball team bore? Uh... This is history. Oh, I just think it's pretty cool. I have no idea. I feel like I should know this, though. Give up? Yeah. Sigh? I give up, too. I don't know. Cleveland Spiders. Oh, wow. Spiders? I, yeah, I would have yeah, guessed that. It was pretty cool. What happened to all the hockey questions? <laughs> you, you want a hockey question? Sure. Do you really want a hockey question? All right. Yeah. We'll take a hockey question. Okay. Who won the NHL Central Division? Oh. <laughs> Central, that is Floyd. Oh, that was we were just looking at this. The Canes. Yeah, all right. Nice job. Will ties it up at two to two. Game point. All right. Two to two. Game point for the win. I'm going to ask about Cleveland again because I'm out of questions because you guys suck at trivia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> without Creed, man, the game is too hard. I know. We yeah. need Creed here to be able to answer questions. I, um, I'll okay. make the. I'll make whoever wins. That. Whoever gets this win uh, has to make the questions easier than I made them. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, a very good idea. All right. <laughs> I, so we learned from playtesting that I made the game too hard. Anyway, s- Cleveland was the feature of a motion picture in the mid '80s, a comedy. Uh, featuring guys like uh, Willie Mays Hayes and the guy who said, hats for bats, keep bats warm. That guy, what's the name of that film? Yes, I forgot the name of the film, and I'm disguising it. 
Um, I watched it like three years ago. What's the name of the film? I'm gonna Google it. So Is it a baseball ensure... movie? Yes, it's a baseball movie, so that I can ensure if you're right or not. I have no idea. I only know like three baseball movies: Forty Two, yeah, maybe... Field of Dreams, and there's Sandlot. one other. I can't even think about it. Sandlot. Sandlot. That's the other one. Yeah. Those All are, like right. the three most famous baseball. You both movies. give up. Yeah. All right, know. we were looking for Major League. Oh, I think I do okay. know that one too. Now that it, now you say it. Yeah. All right. Well, this. <laughs> all right. Let's ask uh, some more easy questions. Uh, the reigning NFL Defensive Player of the Year is Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald Ooh, will win. Will go. now you we'll have to make win. you have to make trivia next week. Okay, that's fun. I like that. Because I get to throw in questions that nobody knows about, just like you. Uh, that feels like oh. a low blow. Anyway, it's not wrong. I just asked questions and I got dead silence for. So I feel like a Zoom class teacher uh, yeah, running this show. Sure. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Anyway, we're gonna move on. We're gonna turn the table. Uh, we're gonna go to our Mariners mailbag now. If you saw any questions from the audience, be that from our Instagram account or from texting the station, that number is two zero six two seven five nine one zero four. By the way, if you want to text in your Mariners questions. <laughs> We uh we can now answer them. So if you guys have any that you'd like to ask, any Mariners questions, they can be from the audience or just from your own head, and I'll answer them. Well, I actually have one because I know you were talking about the amount of uh, no hitters recently. Yes, and just how pitching has kind of dominated the game in the last season. Uh, and I was wondering if you think a lot of that has to do with cheating and cheating rules. Cheating and cheating rules. Well, it's kind of been an open secret for a long time that uh, baseball pitchers have been like pine tarring and vaselining the ball and stuff. It's, you know, again, open secret. It doesn't actually help all that much, despite what the pundits say. Um, like the amount that it helps versus spitting on the ball, which, by the way, so the rule that you're breaking when you put pine tar on a ball is applying a foreign substance to it, which is the letter of the law, a foreign substance. Uh, and that rule was brought to the game in the 20s to stop you from spitting on it. The old 20s, not these 20s. So almost yeah. 100 years ago. Happy 100-year uh, anniversary of not being able to throw a spitball. But yeah, you used to be able to spit on it. Uh, you can't anymore. And now we've got offense. Uh, but you can still put pine tar and Vaseline on it. I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is that pitchers are getting too darn smart. Uh, if you look at league-wide data, strikeout rates are going up, like, insurmountably. The amount of different pitches that are being thrown it's just huge you see guys uh zach granke is my favorite example of what the new baseball pitcher should look like zach granke throws 11 different pitches including an ephus which for those of you that don't know is where you oh, essentially just that. throw that thing as slow as possible in it's the like hopes of lob up in there. yeah yeah it's a lob so you throw it you know soft and sweet with almost no spin on it and try to get it to come down through the strike zone at such an angle that any contact will turn into a weak pop-up and it's also so slow that it's hard to get a really good exit velocity on it it's, yeah it's a it's actually a really interesting pitch i just think the problem is it's so hard to throw it because your window gets narrower way narrower when you come in down like that i think it would just be too hard to throw consistently for strikeouts yeah, it's Zach Granke pulls out the Ephus. It's not one of his like go-to strike getters. It's his, you know, 0-2 high risk, high reward put away pitch. Uh he 
breaks it out five or six times a game. Uh, and he's also throws a really slow curve as well as a more powerful curve, slider, two-seam, cutter, uh, sinking fastball, four-seam fastball. Uh, Zach Granke's catcher, actually, Martin Maldonado. Granke's worked with a lot of catchers, but Maldonado is currently his catcher with Houston. Uh, came out and said that Zach Greinke had 11 different pitches. You can't compete with 11 pitches. So what you have to do, and a lot of this is due to the rise of analytics and bringing more pitches into the game. You Like like 50 years ago, no one knew what a split-finger fastball was. Nobody knew what a two-seam fastball was. You could throw a fastball, a curve, a slider, and a changeup. <laughs> You know, but now we can throw tons of pitches. You can be a fork ball pitcher. You can be a sidewinder pitcher. Uh, some submarine pitchers, by the way, extremely fun to watch submarine pitchers. If you're I've ever bored, those. if you're ever bored, look up submarine pitcher highlights. Some submarine pitchers have even figured out how to throw a rise ball, which is a softball pitch in baseball. Yeah, if you want to hurt your arm and like massively mess with your elbow, you could do that. Yeah, it you totally so could. <laughs> with submarine pitching, I played. Uh, I played in eighth grade with a submarine pitcher, uh, this guy named Lucas. I think Will might have actually been on that team. No, I think about I, it. I think I was. Yeah. Yeah. Luke, I, uh, wait, what was the last name? Uh, Lucas Fuji. I had to oh, catch yes. him. I had to catch him. I was a catcher. I had to catch. Uh, I had to catch him. He threw two pitches. He threw a fastball and a changeup. I don't know how he threw that changeup. I caught him for a whole season. I don't know how he threw that changeup. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, <laughs> pitching is just so much more advanced. There's so many different ways you can go about being an MLB pitcher. Uh, bullpens are used all the time. Uh, starting rotations are getting better and better. You don't see guys saving a pitch for the third time through the order anymore. Uh, it, there's just, it's so easy to be a pitcher nowadays that when the MLB does bring about a rule change to make more offense. It'll be about limiting the the uh, abilities of the pitcher. They won't liven the ball because that'll just make more home runs. What they should be doing is either taking the mound down or moving it back. Uh, if you want to hear this debate, by the way, you can listen to my last show, The Hot Corner. That's on Spotify. Me and Jared Marcus, uh, who you might have just actually heard do baseball with me either today or yesterday, depending on when this goes on. Uh, or you know, Friday the 21st, if you're listening on Spotify, I'm, I got to cover all the bases now. Point is, we talked about uh, moving the mound back versus moving it down. Now, moving the mound down will make it so that there's more line drives because you can't uppercut swing the ball anymore and you'll hit less fly balls, which will mean less home runs. But it also means that uh, it'll punish pitchers like the more power pitchers that rely on that downwards angle and throwing, you know, 95, 96 mile an hour fastballs, or even guys like Jacob deGrom who can touch a hundred on a good day. It'll also hurt, you know, fireballing relief pitchers like the Mariners, Kendall Graveman, uh, or the cards, Jordan Hicks, you know, lots of, lots of players that are fun to watch. It'll reward the more technical pitchers than the more powerful pitchers. Uh, but, create more line drives and more hard contact. And I'm an advocate for that. I love seeing interesting picture pitchers. I love submarine pitchers. I love line drives. Everything that comes with lowering the mound, I like. Heighten, uh, now, heightening the mound or moving it back will just further reward those power pitchers, you know? If you throw a hard slider, two-seam fastball, giving the ball an extra six feet to move will give you an extra inch of drop on everything give you a little bit more life to that fastball especially if it's a two-seamer cutter something that moves 
And all in all, I think moving the mound back for every for everyone that's not a power pitcher, it'll make your life so much harder. And for those power pitchers, they just became even more of an asset to a team than already they were. Anyway, that's it. I'm off my soapbox. I did not mean to talk about mound dimensions for a whole segment <laughs> when I'm sure that there was far more riveting baseball content, uh, but I'm certain I gave uh, this was a real treat for the baseball aficionado. With that, I think this wraps up this episode of The Water Break. Stay tuned on 88.9 The Bridge for more music and conversation that spans generations. Have a great day.